Welcome to the Blockchain Hustle, where I take a look at some interesting plays of how blockchain technology is opening up new business vistas across multiple industries. Hi everyone, this is your host, Meenu Sari, with another episode of the podcast, Blockchain Hustle. Continuing on the NFT series, today let's look at the value facet of an NFT and a few points that you would need to keep in mind if you're considering creating or minting an NFT. So here goes. The first one is on the value, the NFT value. Now an NFT can either be one of a kind, say a painting, or it could be one copy of many, like trading cards. Either ways, each of these NFTs has got a very unique marker, a unique identification. And an NFT's value, it comes from the value perceived by the buyers. It's just like your physical art. Like in a physical art, one person can like and value a painting, and he doesn't even blink an eye when he is giving or paying loads of money for that particular asset, that painting. Whereas for the same asset, another person may just cringe at the very thought and say, hey, that's a lot of money for that. So basically what I'm trying to put across here is that the value of uh, the NFT or that asset here is mainly the value perceived by the buyer. So his profile and his interests. So to give you an idea of the value which is floating around these NFTs, we have one artwork by Peoples and uh, which was Everyday's Life and that sold for around $69 million. And then a lot of nine CryptoPunks portraits from Lava Labs that sold for just under $17 million. So that's a lot of money floating around these NFTs. Now, when it comes to collectibles, people want to buy something which is unique, only they have they have it and they have the original item. And this means that one of a kind or non-fungible. And when they're talking about having the original item, they want to be assured of the authentication and the provenance that it is legit and they have the original item, that they are not being ripped off by having some kind of a copy of that item that they are paying for, thinking that it is original. Now you may say, hey, that's fine for physical arts or physical assets. But when you're talking about NFTs, NFTs are digital files. So anybody could copy them and there could be multiple copies of the same floating around. So why would I pay or anyone, why would anyone pay and pay so much for this kind of a file? So it's just like your physical art. While there may be multiple copies of Mona Lisa, there is only one original painting of Mona Lisa. So how do you ensure the same for these digital arts, these NFTs? And for this authentication and the provenance, this is where blockchain comes in. Blockchain proves the ownership and the provenance of that asset. That is, before I buy it, I want to figure out who possessed that asset before me and who possessed it before that. 
Second, I'm buying the original and it's not a copy of that. So it pro uh, blockchain, it proves the uh, ownership and the provenance of that NFT. And it does so without storing any personal information. That is, it gives you the anonymity if that is what you desire. Blockchain also provides you or uh, provides the NFT its trusted digital scarcity. That means it is making that scarce, uh, that asset scarce. And hence the value rises because of that scarcity. And when I'm talking about a trusted uh, scarcity, that trust that I'm referring to here is your decentralized trust. So this is on the NFT value. Now, let's see how the NFTs are created or minted. But before that, let's cover a few points, a few considerations that you need to keep in mind when you start creating or minting an NFT. So when we talk about some of the considerations, right, the first considerations for creating an NFT, and that is pretty obvious, is what to mint. You need to figure out what do you want to mint as your NFT. It could be your song, it could be your painting, your artwork, it could be any collectible like even a digital trading cards. And these digital trading cards are very similar to your old school trading cards, the physical cards, where you collected them and you traded them. And you need to keep them very safe and secure, lest they get stolen. Also, you could have, uh, if when you say, when you're considering what to mint, you could say that, uh, let me tokenize some real world assets, some real physical assets, okay? And examples of this could be some video footage from some sporting event, or it could be some special moments from some iconic movies. And it could also be some virtual assets, some virtual lands and uh, currencies or avatars for that matter. It basically is what would be, where, what item do you think would people be willing to pay for, okay? An example let me talk about here is your NFTs uh, top shot or let's say the top shot NFTs and this is from NBA and this captures basketball's greatest moments. Now the story behind it is that uh, top shots emerged from the licensing agreement between NBA and Dapper Labs. What happens is that NBA licenses the reels to Dapper Labs Dapper Labs tokenizes it, it digitizes the footage, and it, uh, when we talk about the footage, it is basically your highlights in different angles, etc. And this digital artwork is deliberately kept limited so that there will be a scarcity and it is going to be valued. So a lot of these uh, NBA fans, they are willing to pay a lot of money for these top shot NFTs. Next, we come to the NFT blockchain ecosystem. So the first consideration was you need to figure out what you want to mint. The second thing that you need to consider, and that is a very broad uh, aspect, which is of the NFT blockchain ecosystem. Now, when we talk about the blockchain ecosystem, we are basically looking at the NFT launching platforms. And uh, 
Along with these launching platforms will come the blockchains which are deployed on that platform, the tokens, the crypto tokens which are used on that platform over that particular blockchain and the NFT token standard which you need to comply with. Plus, you also have marketplaces and the target application. Target application if there is any specific one. So it depends, uh, the thing is that depending upon your target market or an application, this launching platform products, services, marketplaces, etc., they are all customized or focused and geared towards that market or that target application. So I'll give you an example here. So we have a network called the Engine Network, E-N-J-I-N. Now, this Engine Network, it was initially launched as a gaming platform. So it had several, it integrated several products and services which were all targeting these blockchain gamers. And in fact, the gaming platform, its gaming platform co-founder, he also is the one behind the ERC-1155 NFT standard. And now this engine network is morphing towards a complete NFT blockchain ecosystem. And it is designed now to make it easy for anyone, whether it's an individual or a brand or a business, it makes it very easy for those guys to use the NFTs. It is on an Ethereum blockchain and it uses a token called ENJ. So the reason why I have just taken this example is to tell you or to share with you as to what all is involved, what things come under a launching platforms. So again, to summarize this, it is your blockchain, your token, your standard, your marketplace, and your target application. Now, there are quite a few of the NFT launching platforms out there, and most of them, they operate from their native blockchain. So when you look at some of the ones out there, you find that most of these blockchains, they are rooted in Ethereum. I give you a few examples here. Engine, Decentraland, Ethereum name service, and Oxford. Whereas you have a few on the Binance Smart, uh, Smart Chain, BSC, and a couple of examples here are the Joggernaut and the Bakery Swap. So that is that, uh, the, the point out here is that all these launching platforms, they are, uh, they use a blockchain they, uh, and it is, uh, they operate on their native blockchain. Next we come to, when we talk about a blockchain ecosystem, we are having a few facets in that. And one of the important ones out here, apart from the ones I just listed or mentioned, is one called the marketplace. Now, several marketplaces have popped up around the NFTs. These marketplaces are basically forums where you can trade your NFTs. And uh, if I were to give you an analogy, it is very similar to your art galleries. So this is where you would display your asset, your NFT. You could list your asset and you trade or you sell your asset, your NFT on there. And most of the NFT launching platforms, they have their own marketplaces. Simply for the reason that it makes it very easy for the minters to deploy and trade the tokens. The tokens is the NFT tokens. So you mint, list and sell your NFT all in one place. 
it makes somehow the things more seamless and convenient. Examples of some Ethereum NFT marketplaces, they include uh, OpenSea, Rarible, Mintable, and on the Flow blockchain, uh, there is a marketplace called Web3. So these are a few examples of the NFT marketplaces. The next thing I want to mention, I want to mention under the NFT blockchain ecosystem is on the standards, the NFT standards. So why do you need standards? Well, there are several reasons. The main reason is interoperability. You can work across multiple platforms. So you have a choice to list and sell your NFT across multiple platforms. You could link it to multiple wallets. And all these help towards increasing the utility value and your market reach. So it's like a network effect, right? So larger the network, more the number of uh, launching platforms, the marketplaces that you have access to, the larger is your outreach or the market for your NFT. Now, when you're minting your NFT on a platform, you need to comply with the NFT standards of that platform. And your choice of standard will also decide your playing field, the marketplace and the underlying blockchain and the application options that you have. So when you are picking up a marketplace or when you're picking up a particular blockchain platform, launching platform, this is a very important thing because this is telling you, hey, this is your marketplace. This is your playing field. Okay. And these standards are all basis the blockchain. Examples here are, for example, the CryptoKitties, which is a very popular NFT. This was launched using your ERC721 token. So ERC721 is a very common uh, token on Ethereum. And the other ones are your ERC998-115. And the little trivia on the CryptoKitties is that this NFT got so popular that it actually clogged the Ethereum blockchain network. And then Dapper Labs, uh, to address this particular problem, it created a blockchain which is called the Flow blockchain. I mentioned about the Flow, uh, Flow blockchain a couple of slides earlier when I mentioned about the Wiv3 marketplace. So the standard for this Flow blockchain is your uh, Flow NFT standard. And this standard was specifically designed for the crypto collectibles and the gaming. And uh, Dapper Lab is actually the startup behind your very popular NFT-based uh, digital trading card games, the NFT NBA Top Shots, the one which we had mentioned earlier. So that's about your NFT standards. Now, also, when you are engaging with the NFTs, that is, when I talk about engaging, it is minting, buying, and selling NFTs, there's money which is involved. So you do need a wallet to fund your NFTs, mint, buy, and sell, and to store even your sales proceeds, right? And this wallet needs to work across multiple chains, or at least the blockchain networks that you want to use. And examples of these wallets include MetaMask, Math Wallet, Trust Wallet, 
engine and there could be more. So this is broadly some of the considerations that you need to keep in mind when you want to create or mint a blockchain. And in addition to that, there are a couple more, for example, the user interface. So how easy it is for you to create or mint, this is the user interface, plus also the trading fees, that is how much uh, value, how much, uh, how much of a payment do you need to do or need to shell out the money uh, when you have to create or mint the token. So the fees also comes in to be a pretty important facet out here. So this is on the some of the considerations behind uh, you need to keep in mind when you want to create or mint an NFT. And in my next episode, I would talk about creating your NFT and buying and selling that NFT. So I hope you have found this episode useful and I do look forward to having you in my next episode. Till then, stay safe. Cheers. You've been listening to The Blockchain Hustle. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, please do leave a short review, like it, share it, download it, subscribe to it. What should I talk about next? Please do let me know your suggestions by writing to me at menu at vlsiconsultancy.com or through any of the other contact channels as shared in the episode notes. Thanks.